1: It is Tuesday, December 3rd, 2019. I am Dan Rubin. This is the Bucknuts Morning 5 and Change. We are thrilled to be joined by Dwayne Long today as we hit a number of pertinent topics. Going to look back at the win up north. Going to take a look at whiskey coming up. Got to break down how we think the playoff will go tonight. We'll take a quick commercial break, and then Dwayne and I are going to have some fun. We are going to try and predict next year's starting offense. We'll do that today. And then next week, we'll try and do the defense. When we get to it, the defense is going to be a much larger task. We might need to cut out a whole show for that. But I digress. Dwayne, how goes it this fine Tuesday?
2: Like any Tuesday morning after we whip Michigan's ass, it's a good day.
1: It's a day we have almost every year now, which is also even more enjoyable. As the time gets away from the game and we start focusing on the Big Ten Championship game, what lingering vibes do you have What do people need to know about the win over Michigan that we haven't discussed?
2: I I don't know. I mean, we've had so many opportunities to discuss wins over Michigan. I mean, I I was just thinking about a friend. uh, His kid uh, just got his driver's license, and I said, this kid was too young to even remember the last time that, um, that Michigan beat Ohio State. You know, there's, there's talk, some national, you know, we don't say it around here, but uh, there are national teams that are going, what rivalry? It's not a rivalry anymore. Michigan does not beat Ohio State anymore, and it requires uh, some wins to to uh, be called a rivalry. And, and Dan, we scored 100 points on this team the last two years. Just absolutely ran them out of the ballpark two years in a row. And, you know, it's uh it's fun. I'm never gonna uh I'm never gonna stop enjoying that. It's just, you know, we've gotta also look at it and say, um, you know, there's there's uh you know, we here are never gonna see it as anything but the game. But I can see why people are saying, What rivalry.
1: It's been enjoyable.
2: I do think
1: the weekend was just a clear, clear delineation. And I've said this before, if you picked Michigan over Ohio State, you weren't doing it for football reasons. You were doing it for some spiritual mercurial do theory because if you match up the rosters, and by the way, recruiting is done for essentially the next two classes that are going to get on the field, it's done. Barring a fluke, you can also pencil in W's the next two years. Let's talk about the task at hand. Ohio State beat Wisconsin handily the last time they played, and I do mean handily. Wisconsin. I that game. I don't think they had given up a point yet, and they were at all these defensive statistics based on their week schedule leading into that. And then Ohio State crushed them and ran all over them. Do you think Wisconsin can make adjustments? Do you fear the Badgers at all heading into this weekend, of course, for the Big Ten championship game, eight seventeen p.m. kickoff Saturday night in Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis.
2: No, I don't think I don't think that they can beat us. I just, it's, uh, you know, you were talking earlier about the the matchups and the rosters. The one thing that is going on is Ohio State is so clearly the best, the most talented team in the country, or in, in the conference, and one of the two or three most talented in the country, and that is, you know, uh, people always said, Woody Hayes, you win with people, and and they, you know, they like to think it's character issues and all that. But I, And I do believe that. But it's also, you go get the best. Woody Hayes was a monster recruiter. You go get the best talent you can get, and that makes it easier. The better material you have, the better end, end product you have. Uh, and Ohio State is just so much better than Wisconsin. And they showed it the last time we played. You know, it was tighter than we thought it would be, but that had a lot to do with Ohio State. I just don't think they can I think they've seen a formula. One thing that Penn State did that that hurt was go to the tight end, and uh, uh, you know I don't think Wisconsin's got as good a tight end uh, as Penn State. That that kid's not on the on the Mackey Award list. It's just <laughs> that's a joke. Uh, but that's where that's the one area. You know, you got Pete Warner who was. He was all over the kid. He was just a, a more talented kid, and the size difference really mattered. So I think they'll try to attack there in the middle of the field more, um, and they might make it closer, uh, but they just they can't. You know, their thing, their bread and butter is uh, running the football, and Ohio State shuts down the run. They don't let you run the football. So uh, I think the Buckeyes are going to win, but as I said, if it's a little closer, it's not going to surprise me. As I sit and look at
1: it, it's almost like the Michigan game in that just go player for player on the offense and defense and ask yourself at each position who you'd rather have. You're going to get into the very high teens on Buckeyes out of the starting 22. I mean, I get that the guy, I forget his first name, Cephas, made a couple plays last week down the field against Minnesota in the snow. I just don't see Dude getting deep on Jeffrey Okuda. Um, If Sean Wade is available, I think a lot of the stuff Michigan got early on won't even be available for whiskey, and I think Shea Patterson is obviously a better downfield passer than Jack Cone. I just don't see the formula for Wisconsin to win this game. I I would be surprised if if it's not a 30-point game. Moving on. Tonight, the college football playoff foursome will be revealed again, expected to be Ohio State, LSU, Clemson, and Georgia. Really, the only lingering question now is LSU versus Ohio State. I don't know how they would jump Ohio State this week. Do you expect Ohio State to be number one tonight when the rankings are revealed? If they made them
2: number one last week, it makes no sense that they would they would change it this week. Ohio State beat a better team than LSU beat. They beat that team on their home field in a rivalry game. LSU beat an above-average Texas A&M team in their own joint, so I I just it doesn't make any sense whatsoever that we would be number one over LSU after beating Penn State and drop to number two after beating Michigan at Michigan. I and and they didn't, you know, it wasn't like they beat uh, Alabama, or Clemson. They just it just makes no sense going forward.
1: I think it would be in Ohio State's extreme best interest to whack Wisconsin. There have been times uh, when the college football playoff has been set up that all four teams have essentially been a grab bag of squads. It does not look like that's going to be the case this year. If Georgia can't beat LSU, that's going to be Utah or enter in another team here, but it won't be one of these So You want to get that number one spot for sure. I mean, good Lord, what would Ohio State be against Utah, favorite-wise, considering the fact you can make Utah travel all the way to Atlanta? Get the SEC team or the Southern Clemson-type team out of the South and send them out to Arizona. That would be the way to go. Which way will Ohio State's offense go next year? Very interesting discussion about to happen. Take a quick commercial break. Be right back. Chat offensive starting lineup next year. eBay
0: Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love,
1: All right, we are back. Dwayne and I originally planned to do the offense and the defense today. We are actually going to do the defense next Tuesday, largely because it's going to take a ton of work because there's a very good chance you're going to have 11 new starters. But we digress. On offense, the way we did this was we're going to assume certain things. We're going to assume Thayer Mumford comes back and plays left tackle. That's really the only question mark we will have. So if you go through it, there will be spots open up left guard where Jonah Jackson will leave. Right tackle from Brandon Bowen. Running back, J.K. Dobbins. And then your third receiver because pretty much a foregone conclusion right now that Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson will be your starting receivers as we see Austin Mack and Ben Victor, K.J. Hill, go make their money on Sundays. So, Dwayne, your prediction for the starting left guard next season?
2: I'm I'm going to say uh... – Uh, We're going with Harry Miller and just get him ready for being the center the next year when Myers is likely to be out of here. Myers is absolutely spectacular. He's the best center that we will probably see. He's going to be who we compare every center in the future to. He is really just a dominant run blocker, and he's just solid as he can be as a pass protection player. Uh, Harry Miller... And somebody needs to step in there. Gavin Cup is a, is going to be a senior. I mean, he's not shown any he's he's just not threatened the, the, the too deep even. So uh you know, you'd like to have a more veteran guy, but Miller is gonna be special, you stick him in there, you get him seasoned, and uh then you slide him over to center the next year. So I think it's Harry Miller, uh Matthew Jones is also a possibility, but uh Miller is the one that is is special. I'd like to see Matthew Jones move back over to defense where I thought he was just a spectacular high school player.
1: I would agree with Harry Miller going to left guard, obviously a natural center, but they've got plenty of time to get him ready, and he is sharp as a tack. I don't think the uh, moving one spot to his left and losing a ton of responsibility, let's be honest, the center's asking a ton more. I think that'll be a layup for Harry, and he'll have a great year. Obviously, you just don't want to move that center-right guard combination. it will be the best in the country next year if it's not the best right now. Right tackle. This is actually an interesting one because you've got a host of candidates here. I don't think they'll move Dewan Jones to right tackle. And you don't forget, you've got Paris Johnson coming in, and truthfully, he could probably play any spot on the offensive line besides center, and you could get by but I do think Nicholas petit Frere will get the nod at right tackle to start the season. Do you agree?
2: Uh, no, I think he could, but uh, Dewan Jones is such a natural there. He's a massive kid. And when you think about uh, right tackle, you think about the biggest, baddest dude on the field. And I think Dewan Jones could be that, except he's going to be a little bit more mobile. Now, uh, I think they're going to get him in a little bit better shape, get his weight down a little bit, more uh, try to get him down under three fifty, maybe get him down to three thirty, three forty would be right there, what I think would be ideal. Uh, and you know, he just I just liked what I saw out of him, uh, and I think he's a more natural for right tackle. I think Matisse uh, Ferrer will be looked at as a p- potential uh, left tackle.
1: Yeah, I, I don't see that happening just because. Anyone who's watched the tape of Paris Johnson knows he's going to get on the field. So maybe this is a referendum on Petit Ferrer going forward. Given his recruitment, you'd think he'd already be a starter. But if he is not the starting right tackle next year with Monfort back, there's going to be a ton of negativity surrounding him, which would be a shame.
2: Let me just throw this out there. We've got to see him be better. He's still as gifted as an athlete for an offensive lineman as, as we've seen coming into this, uh, program in, in, the last few years, Dan, that he just, you know, I think he needs to crank up the intensity level. Uh, and, and, you know, he's just not showed that, that, uh, uh, nasty that, uh, you know, that tenacity that, that you really would like to see out of him. Uh, that's my concern. A kid moves beautifully. Uh, he's got everything else. I mean, if you're, uh, Make it a prototype, a template for a left tackle. It's the teacher error. Uh, but as you mentioned earlier, Paris Johnson to me is a kid that could be special, and he could threaten the starting lineup as a freshman. I'm yeah, I'm saying that. If
1: Mumford doesn't come back. Anything is up for grabs at left tackle. That's for sure. Let's move on to the running back position. I think this one's actually more interesting than people think. J.K. Dobbins will of course be gone, and let's just. I'll give a moment to appreciate what he has done the last two weeks. That is a bell cow back, ladies and gentlemen. It's going to make a pro team very proud. I think a lot of people think Master Teague will just step in there. I happen to think Marcus Crowley is a better every down back, uh, projection-wise. But I see something next year. Let's say there's 25 carries a game out of that position. I think it's going to be 15 for Teague and 10 for Crowley one week flip it back the next week i actually see this as a true two-headed monster
2: do you agree i i'm not going to disagree with you i really became a fan of Teague uh his senior year in high school i was not convinced after his junior film uh i really liked what i saw as a senior and he's played well here but there's just a little bit of something special you know you get teague he's more uh, uh uh get north back you know, he's going to hit up in there hard, and you better bring somebody with you if you think you're just going to uh, bring him down. No, you're not. It's just not going to happen. And he's got good speed. But uh, Crowley is just one of those guys that he can make miss. He's explosive. There's a lot to like about him. And they're probably going to want to get the ball into his hands a good bit, too. I'm not going to be surprised if we're seeing more split time at the backs next year. Not going to surprise me either.
1: I think it'll be more like a Weber-Dobbins combination rather than giving Master T 25 carries a game. I just don't see it. Here's a super interesting question. It's the third wide receiver. As as stated before, uh, Wilson and Olave will be your starting wide receivers. I guarantee you that's the best tandem in the country. They'll be the best trio in the country depending on who the third receiver is, and there's an interesting choice of dudes here. Juice Williams... I could see an argument for Juice Williams for sure. Julian Fleming, number one wide receiver in the country. Jackson Smith Najigba, maybe the most productive receiver in the country coming in next year. Now, this is not a position that is definitely locked in. It can be some rotation. But who do you believe will be
2: the, essentially the third receiver for Ohio State next year? Well, I you know, we tell people, we remind uh, Buckeye Nation regularly that we don't talk about stuff beforehand but those would be the two that I would pick uh, I, I think that um, uh, Fleming is more a natural uh, X receiver but he's so athletic and so special he can play that second spot uh, slot role but I think Juice Williams is going to be the guy he's just so perfect for that, that position Uh you know he's KJ Hill with better size and better speed. That's I, I think he's just the ideal fit. They'll work Fleming in. They're going to work Fleming in at both spots because we know we're not going keep Garrett Wilson. Forget about it. Uh, he's he's going to be out of here in a couple of years, and then you prepare Fleming for out there with Gee and uh, Gee Scott and uh, you know the the wide receiver room next year is just going to be just sick. Uh, but those two guys they're just a whole nother level uh, and and they set the position and those are the guys that I, that I think too. I believe that those two will will be uh, the ones getting the most reps there but we could move we could have uh, uh, either of the other two young guys coming in they could slide in there so uh, it's just going to be trying to find enough balls to throw around.
1: Seriously, they won't be aged out, but there's a very good chance, and this is going to sound like hyperbole, the wide receiver room for Ohio State is the most talented room they've ever had at any position. Yes, that was a dramatic pause there. The wide receiver room for Ohio State next year may be the most talented spot they have ever had at one position. It's not like we don't have a lot to look forward to, Buckeyes. Next year, the rest of this year... Even more to look forward to. Things are good. Have a great Tuesday, Bucknutters.
3: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it.